Noteworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. It's the Upworthy Weekly podcast, and my name is Todd Perry, a staff writer here at Upworthy. And with me is Allison Rosen. You know her from the wonderful podcast, Allison Rosen is your new best friend, and childish with uh, some guy named Greg Fitzsimmons. <laughs> On this show, we're going to be going over some of the most popular and engaging stories that you probably read on Upworthy for the week of September 5th to September 9th, 2022. And uh, Allison Rosen, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little hot right now. I got to admit, a little hot right a now little, in the LA. Just a little bit. And it's not just LA, though. In places that are that we think of as not that hot, Northern California... Canada. Although I talked to two guys, I did a podcast this week uh, with two guys from Vancouver, and they were saying it's in the seventies. And boy, did I loathe them. However, I believe this insane heat that we are experiencing is like everywhere right now, yeah. except Vancouver, mm. but well, even parts of Canada. Seventy degrees in Vancouver might be really hot, right? I, it maybe they. I mean, I, I do think they're experiencing record heat there, but they just weren't on this day. Hence my ire for them because it's been over a hundred where we are. Oh yeah. We look fresh as daisies, but give Todd twenty minutes. He's going to melt. He's just going to be what you see right now. And I do hope you're watching us on Facebook. You see a jaunty baseball cap. You see headphones, and you see a microphone, and you see a face. You're just going to actually, you know, he's moving all around. You don't see anything right now. You see someone fanning himself. You're just going to see a microphone, a cap and headphones and a puddle. It's going to be like Wizard of Oz podcast style. Yeah, it's it's the difference is Allison has a thing called air conditioning inside of her studio. Yeah, I'm a professional, Todd. I'm tired of apologizing for it. And I have insulation. So, Allison, what yes. great Upworthy stories do we have this week? Well, as you probably know, uh, some huge sad world news. Queen Elizabeth passed on over the weekend. Uh, however, here is a amusing, cheerful story. Queen Elizabeth's bodyguard shared a hilarious story of her meeting two Americans on a hike. And I could tell you the story, but I think it would be much more amusing to just hear it in the bodyguard's own words. And the bodyguard here is named Dick, which I think is important for the, yes. the joke in the story. Yes. Not that this is some kind of phallic joke, by the way. No. It's just... Just so you can keep track of who everyone is. On these picnic sites, you, you meet nobody... But there was two hikers coming towards us, and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped they hadn't recognised the Queen, which is fine. And the American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, where they were going to next, and where they'd been to in Britain. And I could see it coming, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? <laughs> and she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> And he said, well, how often have you been coming up here? Oh, she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thinking. He said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as it. quick as a flash, she says, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen, what's she like? And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes round, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on, and we waved goodbye. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America and hopefully someone tells him who I am. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is amazing. Met the Queen and didn't even know it. I know. And then imagine they will show these pictures and then people will be like, you ding-dongs, don't you realize who that is? Right. 
Uh, I like I like that the bodyguard eventually had that kind of rapport with the queen that they could sit and yes. joke with each other. I don't. I mean, this seems to me like some kind of uh, art house film from the early '90s, like you know, a Miramax film or something, where it's uh, like this: the bodyguard and right. the queen, and eventually they have to hit it off, and then they have all these funny little exchanges, and then somebody tries to kidnap the queen, and right. Then- He's got to yes. protect her, and then I love at, it. at the end, like the queen's like, and uh, you know this kind of thing where she sings, "I will always love you," mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. It sounds great. Did you see the bodyguard, the other one? No. Really? No. Um, I remember. Did that movie get well reviewed? I think because it got I, average go reviews. Okay. Because uh, my friend Katie, who this is back in high school now, and I would not say that she's like fantastically manipulative or anything. Oh. However, Katie, Brad, and I were going to the movies. And I don't know what other movies were playing in the theater at the time. Maybe like I'm going to toss out, maybe like let's say – Maybe like The Doors and Dead Again and Pure Luck or something. These are I'm just pulling these out of thin air. These are just older movies. Uh, so I wanted to see something else. And Katie said to me, well, Brad wants to see The Bodyguard. And I said, really? And I'm like, okay. And so then we're watching Bodyguard. None of us are enjoying it. And Brad was like, Allison, I wish you hadn't wanted to see this. And I said, oh. And both of us at the same time were like, Katie, you set us up. But I remember at one point, either Whitney Houston or Kevin Costner was like, it's not over yet. And Katie, the one who had brought us all to this movie, out loud said, why not? And we we're like, aha. Uh-huh. So none of us enjoyed it. And that's why I was just wondering, was it because we didn't enjoy it or was it like truly not a great film? film. I no one ever talks about The Bodyguard as a film. They talk about it as Whitney Houston was great in it or, or yeah. as a cultural touch point because of the music. But there's nobody doing like a retrospective on The Bodyguard. You right. Know. But like, I like your idea of bringing it back as, a, you know, a delightful... I'm going to say rom-com. Oh, there's some kind of action going on behind. Uh, was I it think, Prince yeah, back? I think, I think, so. I think so. I think so. Well, That's okay. How I see it. So you know, as an American, the idea of the monarchy and everything it feels kind of obviously foreign and kind of weird, especially because mm-hmm. America's whole bit is we're not a monarchy. We've got right. we've. We've right. got our own thing going on, but we're not a monarchy. Mm-hmm. We have but our own I, stupid thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, our own stupid thing that's teetering on the precipice of falling apart. Some may say. Yeah. So, but I was I was really quite moved when they had a whole bunch of people were standing outside of the uh, Queen's castle, and they made the announcement that the Queen had died, and there was a moment where a silence fell over the crowd, and then they began to sing. And I heard it, and I was brought to tears by this. Did you see this, Allison? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. However, I am moved by her death and just by the whole the whole thing. Like, I did watch The Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 prior to what, this is going to make me sound very American and kind of very dumb. It wouldn't be the first time. I think prior to watching The Crown, I obviously understood the monarchy in a sense, but I didn't quite understand what it really meant to people who live there. Um, and then after watching The Crown, I think maybe it it humanized the, peop- the, the monarchy for me a little more, and I felt a little more invested in it. Um, and I do, and one of my good friends, uh, Izzy grew up in England and, you know, has this affection for the royal family. And I was talking to her yesterday. And I said, are you sad? And she said, I'm not sad, but I'm surprised how much it's impacting me. Um, so I get it. I mean, this is a woman who, 
you know, decades and decades has been at the head. Um, so, no, I didn't I didn't see what you're talking about, Todd, but I think it would have made me cry as well. But I've got the audio of it. Oh, great. So it was kind of cool. It was like they didn't let a beat happen. It was like we're mm-hmm. back in it. Now we got a king. Immediately he takes over as the you know head of the monarchy. So you know it's they always say the queen is dead. Long live the queen or you know wh- whomever comes next. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. It was like this feeling of of, of resolution uh, by people who obviously really cared because they were standing outside and you know they weren't just having a laugh. In the pub, you know. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then it got me thinking. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's this weird movement going on where there are some Americans that actually want a monarchy in this country. I didn't. I didn't know about this. Yes. I think there's certain people that kind of want a traditional America where, you know, you have a monarch that is, you know, uh, sent from God and is in charge, mm. and there's some kind of lineage, and throughout they will have a royal job of bringing forth mostly kind of a right-wing agenda into America. And you can look okay. this up, you can Google it, and it's a whole thing. And so then I started thinking, like, well, if we were to have, you know, a queen of America, who would it be? And, and who would we choose to represent America in, like, a queen-like fashion? But just to go back for a second, do they want like an Amy, like your Amy Coney Barrett or Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of thing? Like, have they already proposed these people as who it would be? No, it's just a, kind have. of an idea oh, okay. that's floating around. So, but okay. the problem is that gotcha. you kind of have to pick the king or queen from the ether right now. Whereas in mm-hmm. England, it's been going on for you know over a thousand right. years and okay. it's people who are kind of born and you have this thing. So we're just starting from the ground up. But I was just thinking to myself, like if you had to start with an American queen, um, I was right. like, going to be, yeah. And then I thought, you know, it wouldn't be Alison Rosen. I mean, some people are saying Alison yeah, Rosen would be a great choice. Uh, but I was like, I don't know. Why did I get, he- why did I get taken out of the running before I even had a chance, Todd? I don't like that very much. Well, the thing is, I don't. The, the thing is, the queen has to really be able to step back and not engage with certain stuff. And like this morning, I'm looking on Twitter and what's happening. Uh-oh. But Allison is out, woke up this morning. I can tell this was at like nine thirty in the morning, maybe eight thirty in the morning. And Allison is already Uh-oh. picking fights with people on Twitter. And I don't. No, I that just was don't... last night. That was oh. last night. <laughs> Okay, that was it's last totally night. different. I, today's a new day. Okay, I, my fights are at night. Oh, so can't was... can't can't I be queenly queen by day, troll by night? No, you you gotta that el- work? eliminate all of your your inner troll. Okay, right, because I because the queen like waves like like the queen queenly wave mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't fight back. Is that what is so you feel like I'm I'm I mean, we just heard Dick say she's cantankerous and you're saying I'm too cantankerous to be an American queen. No, but here was the thing. The jo- it was a joke. The queen is cantankerous mm-hmm. because she's not seen that way to the public. Right. Because she puts on this stoic face that that's the reason why it's kind of funny, because she she's not what you would expect, right? That's the joke okay. of it. But everyone knows that you are kind of cantankerous and like to push people's buttons. So that's <laughs> not a great queen type of behavior. Now, maybe in a decade, right. we can revisit this and we can have a coup, <laughs> just like with Mary Queen of Scots, and we can stick you on there, okay? Okay. And- could we set, could we calendar it to use uh, a word that is not a real verb, but that 
the guy who does my taxes frequently says, let's calendar it. <laughs> can we calendar it? Uh, we let's can. calendar we it, it for 10 years. For 10 years. 10 years from now. Okay. So I, I just want it to be noted that I don't fully, I'm not on board with this. I don't think it's fair. You haven't heard the last from me. We will revisit it before 10 years because you're, you can calendar for 10. I'm calendaring sooner. And uh, I just just feel that I'm being taken out of the running prematurely. And I don't know that a true queen stands for that. However, for the sake of argument, I will pretend. Like, you know how my suspicion is, of course, Gavin Newsom is running for president. Assuming we're not going to have a monarchy, uh-huh. but he keeps saying he's not going to. He keeps saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm just spending. I'm just buying ads because uh, I need to, or whatever." Yeah. So I feel like that's the thing you do. Like it'd be very queenly of me to act like I'm not running for queen. We run for queen, right? So I will go along with this, even though I want the crown. Okay. okay. Obviously, Oprah. She's oh. not cantankerous. She's very queenly. Mm-hmm. The only unqueenly thing is that she always puts herself on the cover for a magazine. But yeah. other than that, I mean, she interviewed Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle didn't want to sit down with anyone other than Oprah. Well, now she has Meghan Markle, who has a direct line to your dog, Archie. Meghan Markle yeah. has her own podcast. Uh, I shouldn't even be. No, it's very queenly of me to be telling people about other podcasts. There's not just our podcast. Although I hope it's at the top of your queue. But she has a podcast now. But prior to that, prior, that's a queenly word. Mm. Uh, it was just Oprah. Wow. I'm going to become very, I'm going to be clipped and queenly. This is my queen audition. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Oprah, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, you said Megan Markle. And Sarah brought- Silverman. Oh. Oh. Okay, why Sarah she's Silverman? Fun. Because she's very entertaining. And... Um, she also has a podcast and I, uh, she puts little clips up on Instagram and I listen to them and I always agree with what she, I laugh and I agree with what she's saying. So like me, I could see someone, all the reasons that you don't think I should be queen. I could see someone thinking that about Sarah Silverman and more even. So I get that she is going to be taken out of the running because she's too cantankerous and you know, offensive or whatever however i disagree with those reasons for me so i disagree with them for her she'd be a great queen uh you know i have seen her try to be a uniter on twitter Mm. where she's like let's bridge our differences i've seen her do i've never seen you do that uh but i've seen sarah silverman do that pretty often uh you know i was thinking (laughs) would be a good queen actually uh is Mm. now hear me out Meghan markle Queen of America. Oh, that's fun. I like that a lot. So, I mean, I feel that you are stirring the pot, but I do like that is like real. um, That's real. uh, Now I'm that's when like, you know, that's like Catholic versus when they broke off, you know, I mean, we're talking like. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> this is the stuff that like really transforms history here. Yeah, so here's Queen the Markle. So you have Queen Markle, and then you know everybody's cool with that. She's consorting with Oprah on how to be more queenly, and then what happens is eventually the inbreeding starts right between the Americans and the British, and then pretty soon we find ourselves back as part of Britain. Because at this point, I think kind of like, you know, like an Amish kid, they do that rumspringa or whatever where they go, Mm -hmm. okay, look, go be English for a while. What they actually call it being English is when you're you're being like with the rest of the culture. And, you know, is that what they call it? I think so. I don't know if there's any Amish listening. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, through their, do they have fillings? We, I don't mean to, I mean, it's a genuine question, but go ahead. They probably do. So like, okay. So yeah, so like as America for 
200 some odd years, 250 years or whatever, we kind of broke off from England. We played around. We got wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now with yeah. our hat in hand, tail between our legs, we go back and become part of England again because they seem to be a little right. more here's sensible. Your, here's all your wet tea. We, we dug it out of the water. Yeah. 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 We're sorry. And then Megan kind of aligns all that together. And so they were all aligned under the same crown. And then we go on. And then, um, yeah. yeah. So I just thought that that would be a cool way. Or, or of course, you know, instead of that, I mean, RuPaul. Yes. A drag queen. Oh, my God. I feel like these are four, five solid choices. Let's go over them again. Okay. Oprah. Yeah. Sarah Silverman, Megan Markle, RuPaul, Allison Rosen. Oh wait, no, no, Oops, no. We one, said that that Allison. Ro- that five ca- solid choices. It got calendar. five solid choices. It's on the, the. It's look. If you believe in the multiverse theory, it is ten years from now, right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, can I help? That all time is infinite, Todd. It's just how it works. Okay. Upworthy Weekly. The late Taylor Hawkins' 16-year-old son steals the show, drumming his da- in his dad's place at a tribute concert. So uh, this came out earlier this week on Upworthy. Uh, fans who gathered at London's Wembley Stadium on Saturday witnessed a significant moment in music history as the late Taylor Hawkins' teenage son filled in for his dad on the drums. And this was, of course, at the tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins, who was the drummer on the Foo Fighters. Um, the 16-year-old joined the Foo Fighters as they performed an emotional rendition of, quote, of the song My Hero at the first of two tribute concerts dedicated to their departed bandmate. While the night saw a revolving door of all-star drummers, uh, including Travis Barker, uh, Josh Freeze, Rufus Taylor, Nani Bushnell, Omar Hakim, Hakim, and more, uh, it was Shane's passionate performance that impressed those in the attendance and those watching at home the most. So it was pretty crazy that Taylor Hawkins' son, who's 16 years old, gets behind the drums uh, at a stadium full of like 80, 90,000 people. And like, I... At that age, I mean, just going up in front of Saxon Hall where, you know, North High School played their basketball mm-hmm. games and also at theater productions, as I talked about last week, going up yes, to do that kind of was completely nerve wracking in front of 288 people. Now, imagine you've got the Foo Fighters playing out in front of you. You've got, oh, my God, you're pl- like Pat Smears band is playing out in front of you with that shaggy black haired guy, um, Dave Grohl out there from... Nirvana. Um, but like, and you're out there like having to play. And the song, My Hero, actually has really complicated kind of iconic drums to it. It's mm-hmm. one of the most notable, I guess, Foo Fighters drum drumming that I guess pretty clear Dave Grohl did. But um, yeah, so this kid went out and just rocked it. So we're going to hear a second of that. Yeah, so the kid totally rocked it. And the video is cool because you see he has, like, he needs a haircut, clearly. <laughs> he has very shaggy hair. Yeah, people yeah. were saying he looked he looked just like his dad when he was playing. Uh, I mean, talk about things that make you cry. That was so emotional. He did such a good job. Oh, it was, it was such a sweet moment. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it was a little tough for me because I've always... Kind of found Dave Grohl a little annoying, and oh really? Yes, yes. Why? Because he's okay. Here's why, and it's really kind of 
bad to like talk ill of the man when obviously he made this incredible concert and the concert was great and I loved it. It made me go, gee, Todd, you're you're a, a terrible person. I think it's because mm, I could have told you that. I know. Um, you can calendar it though. <laughs> no, it just it was a lot of like Dave Grohl loves him some Dave Grohl. Like if ever okay. there's an opportunity to make a speech somewhere, Dave Grohl's there. And he pulls out his, his glasses. I think he spoke at my wedding, and I didn't even invite him. Yeah, he just shows up, and, he, and he's like, right. Hi, Allison. It's great to be here. And I got to tell you, yeah. BTS really inspired Nirvana. <laughs> right? And then you go, oh, God, here it goes. Here it goes again. And, and mm. He's kind of known for this. Like every black tie event, here's Dave Grohl. And he's going to tell you the history of rock and roll. And right. at a certain point, it's, it's a bit much. So he would kind of get on my nerves. But think he's made good music and uh he's the savior of rock and roll and uh that's about it but yeah so the taylor hawkins kid uh completely kicked butt on the drums and hopefully he has a great career in music ahead of him and then i was thinking how emotional it must be for him to be sitting in his dad's seat with his dad's band members the guy i mean the kid lost his dad like yeah Just the layers of emotion on emotion. Crazy. Yeah, and to power through it and to be great. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. the song's called My Hero. He's ordinary. Like, oh, God. It just, yeah, it was, okay, please. Like, the, after that, it's like, Dave Grohl, you don't have to do anything ever again. You could just ride off into the That's sunset. That's your hope. No, I'm, I'm just saying. That's your hope, right? Look, at a certain point, he's going to make a speech about it. When I put the kid in the seat, mm. no, sorry, we don't. I don't want to be. So too I negative. wonder. I wonder if I should have that thought more often. I don't want to be too negative, especially on this podcast. I wonder if Shane Hawkins will now. I mean, he probably needs to finish high school and stuff. But I wonder if he'll now become their new drummer, right? He's good enough. He's good. It's like there's a lot of like famous drummers' sons who have gone on. Like Zach Starkey, Ringo Starr's son, mm. has gone on. He played with Oasis for years. Or uh, Jason Bonham, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, yes. had a whole like big career right. as a drummer. So I don't, I don't doubt it that we'll be seeing plenty of this mm. kid going forward. So definitely. I th- but then I then I was I, I started thinking about myself, and I it made me. Even more disappointed that when my son was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was knocking on the studio door, and I asked him to come in. And we've sat and we practiced. I, pra- you know, mm. cracking the mic, setting up topics, the whole thing. And what happens when I put the mic in front of him? He just goes, "Poopy doopy." Poopy doopy. So, like, let's say I, you know, I, you know, am trying to detonate something with TNT or whatever and then the exploder explodes and then I go up and uh, mm. I go up in flames right. and then I, I put my kid in my seat right here to do the mm. show to do up to take over Upworthy weekly seamlessly uh, much as like Steve Irwin's kid has taken over his enterprise um, much like Shane B- Hawkins Bindi is Bindi who you're talking about or is there another Irwin the the, the son too who I think is older. Oh, okay. I might be wrong Bindi and like Robert or something is his name. But, okay. Yeah, but both the, both the kids. I'm 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 putting Bindi in the corner, and I don't want to do that. But mm. you know, I, I I really thought, man, I don't think my kid can can hack it, especially in here with mm. you know the great Allison Rosen. So he's gonna need some the more queen? broadcasting. Yeah. Hmm? Hmm? A lot of people can't hold their own with the Queen. Cantankerous though she may be, listen. I loved my conversation with your son. I think you're putting a lot of pressure on him. I think you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. He's only six. I don't know what kind of broadcaster you were at six. Give him a break. Upworthy Weekly. Uh, so a woman named Elena Mikolkova has a grandmother who gave her uh, some wonderful advice for getting through some dark times, and this advice went viral, uh, and a lot of people reposted it, and there's some questions about, like, why why now, sort of, uh, and originally it went viral in kind of, like, the depths of the pandemic, um, and I'm going to share with you, 
this advice. It's sort of advice for just taking things one step at a time. Um, this is what she wrote, and this is what was reposted a number of times. My grandmother once gave me a tip. In difficult times, you move forward in small steps. Do what you have to do, but little by little. Don't think about the future or what may happen tomorrow. Wash the dishes. I'm out. Remove the dust. Write a letter. Make a soup. You see, you are advancing step by step. Take a step and stop. Rest a little. Praise yourself. Take another step. Then another. You won't notice, but your steps will grow more and more. And the time will come when you can think about the future without crying. There I like you go. it. Mm-hmm. It's great advice for getting but, out of a funk. We all we all have our funks yeah. from time to time, and uh, I was just thinking to myself, and I'll in the rate your week portion, I'll talk about why my week's been kind of stressful. But I was actually I read that yesterday, uh, while you know trying to come up with some ideas to talk about on today's show. And actually, I was thinking about it this morning, and I was just like. I'm just going to make a list of everything I need to get done today. I'm going to do them one at a time. I'm not going to think about the next one. I'm just going to slowly go through the list. Then eventually, it'll be the end of the day, and I'll wake up and, you know, and and, and it'll be tomorrow, right? And I'll I'll be done. But, yeah, it's just that just slowly plop ahead, don't get too ahead of yourself kind of advice when when things are a little stressful. It's, It's great. And people have pointed out the line, praise yourself. Like you gotta, gotta give yourself some snaps. Mm. Where does snaps come from? I feel like that's some dated language for praising yourself, but you got to give yourself kudos for even doing just the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, I think Um, it was an in living color thing, like two snaps in a circle. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. So is the key with the to-do list just to go down, down, uh, do it in order because I had like four messy to fragments of to-do lists on my desk and it was stressing me out. So I've sat down and I'm like, I'm going to make the big to to to-do list. So now I have this one orderly, not in order, but at least it looks neat to-do list. And I just sit there staring at it, trying to figure out like, which one should I do? And then very slowly I am tackling it, but I think I should just, the 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 try like which of these things can I tolerate doing right now? I I need to just do it one by one probably. Just go down the list instead usually, of trying to figure out which one. I try to figure out like the hard thing first. Like I know if like at Upworthy if I'm writing like two stories, I write the hard one first, and then I know that I've got That's the easier smart. one coming coming after. But um, I just also reminded me of there's a there's a verse in the Tao Te Ching. Mm. which the Tao Te Ching, for those who do not know, is kind of the founding document of Taoism, which kind of illustrates Taoist philosophy, which I did a podcast on like 85 episodes of a while back. So I've I've always been really into Taoist philosophy. But in chapter 63 of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu, the eh, probably didn't write it. Mr. Tao. Yeah, the king of the the Tao, queen of the Tao, uh, said, in the universe, the difficult things are done as if they are easy. In the universe, great acts are made up of small deeds. The sage does not attempt anything very big and thus achieved greatness. And the basic mm. idea, like the sage is like the kind of the, what the Taoist wants to become. But the basic idea is like, if you sit and go, I'm going to write a book, it's going to be very hard to write a book. But if you go, yes, I'm going to write one page a day, then after 300 days, lo and behold, you have a book. You know, and it's like, you know, if... You go, oh, I'm going to make $30 extra a day, right? And then at the end of the month, that's like the payment for a Tesla, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, I think we, I think if we we look at things too big, uh, it, they become daunting. Maybe we don't even attempt them. But just like the small things we do every day can, can build up. Like, So I think that's a great way to look at things if there's something you really want to achieve, but just can't fathom the amount of work it will take. Hmm. Has someone been reading Atomic Habits? No, I'm not reading Atomic Habits. You know why? Because I finished the book. Uh. <clears throat> someone been incorporating Atomic Habits into your lifestyle? Yeah, I think that's that thing also you hear about, like, if there's something that's daunting, 
uh, just, you know, set a timer and just do, do it for 20 minutes and tell yourself you can stop after 20 minutes. And oftentimes you won't. Right, just yeah, get yourself started. Yeah, you get the momentum. I do that sometimes when mm-hmm. I start losing my mind because of like my phone and it's like Slack from work, ding, text, ding, email, ding. Mm-hmm. Uh, another notification on Twitter that uh, Allison's in a fight with somebody and, and, and you know, it just all, it, it goes all day. And yeah, so then I, I just, I put the, uh, the, the phone on do not disturb and just like set it to 20 minutes. I'm just going to turn off the world and just sit in, and focus on something. And that, that tends to help as well. Mm-hmm. Upworthy Weekly. Hey, hey. Girl's excitement when introducing mom to her boyfriend is winning hearts. The adorable doorbell cam footage of a young woman bringing her boyfriend home to meet her mom for the first time is spreading smiles around the internet. The video begins with the woman and her boyfriend walking up to the front of the door of her mom's house. She is seen carrying a bouquet of flowers and in, in her hands and a wide smile on her face as she rings the doorbell and waits for her mother to respond. Mommy, she says in a sing-song voice, barely able to hold back her excitement so she's sitting there and she's got her man next to her and he's i guess a bit bit taller kind of blonde i don't know looks like the lead singer of queens of the stone age to go to go that way <laughs> maybe it is him maybe it's josh hom um yeah it's probably maybe too obscure of a reference for a general audience but you know he craig kilborn maybe looks like him sure yeah I know um, who I know who that is, but I'm trying to think of young Greg <sighs> Kinnear. All right, yeah, this all works. It's blonde I mean, you, guy. You've gone, you've gone like more more clean. You started a little straggly in it. Now it's more clean cut. Wait, maybe like Joel McHale. Okay, yeah, that yeah, Joel McHale. Those people are all interchangeable. If they all walked into a room, okay. I wouldn't be able to say, "Hey, you, you're you," or "No, you're you." Mm. Yeah. What a what a resounding compliment for each of them. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be able to say, "Hey, you're you." Yeah. Uh, it's been a tough week, Allison. I'll get to it. Uh, I know. So, so what happens is she comes up, and then here's the audio of that, and you could just hear it in her voice the way she says, "Like my boyfriend." It's great. Hi, hi, mommy. <laughs> Look at those. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. This yeah. is my boyfriend. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so happy I have a boyfriend. She just saying the bloody smile. <laughs> boyfriend. I'm so happy to see you, you darling. Oh, welcome, darling. Mm. Oh, come in. Ooh, mom, give a little action to boyfriend here. Now, yeah. There That's is so a- cute. It's Aww. cute. It it is cute because I don't know. Everybody has that moment the first time they they're like, "I'm lovable." <laughs> like, <laughs> not everyone will reject me in this life, right? Right. Maybe if this one doesn't work out. There will be another one. That, uh, a trick as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. But there's a little bit of, as my wife and I will call it, Elmira energy going on here. Oh, what's that? What's Elmira? On they had the show the Looney the Tiny Tunes back in the day where it was like little kid versions of the the uh, yes. like Looney Tunes they're tiny right. they're toony they're mm-hmm. all a little loony and there was one girl who just like loved like the cat too much like Sylvester the uh-huh. cat or whatever. I don't know it's like oh, I'm gonna yeah. love you no, and think... hug you and kiss you. like a little too aggressive yes. you know like and a that's little... the mom. Or the girl. The girl's a little clip. I get my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. That's a uh, little bit like that kind of scares guys a little bit. Like, right. Oh, no. Like, maybe we're going to have somebody a little clingy here. Hmm. Right. Like, we're going to need it. Calendar this. We're going to need an update on this relationship. Yeah. Did, did the guy go, I haven't oh. seen. Th- yeah. What's the. Bo- I haven't seen the video yet. And that is uh, revealing a little something about how much prep I did. Uh, but I like to go in fresh, you know, I like to go in fresh and just, yeah. I like to be the, I like to represent the listener here. Um, uh, what's the body language like? 
on the dude? Both of them. All three of them. The the gal, mom, you can't see, but the gal is oh. very giddy. Like kind of, you know, shoulders Amira-esque. together. Am I like, I got one, you know? And it, mm. the, the dude is just kind of like, hey, you know. Hey. I don't think I like this guy for her. Well, the problem is also he wore a, a shirt that says Playboy on it. Really? Just a little strange to roll up to meet mom with the with you know a. Uh, Wait, does it really? Yes, yes, it does. Like, oh wow! I mean, I mean, does it really? Does, did he really? Wow. Okay, yeah. so this guy, we don't, we don't think this is gonna last. I mean, maybe he read it for the articles when that was such a thing, or maybe it was. <laughs> but like, why does he have the shirt? He got it with a subscription. Maybe it was okay. Like, that's possible. The most recent, ep- you know, things of playboy where it was like we'll just put a man on the cover and be super progressive and you know hmm i don't know hmm. i'm defending him too much i mean we're giving him the benefit of the doubt but i'm glad everyone's you know thinks this is cute but it seems like when you scratch the surface there's some problems here yeah It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Allison Rosen on a scale of yes. one to five, one being totally awful, five being completely transplanted. Please rate your week. Um, You know, I'm going to give this week a four. It was a pretty decent week. Um, I went down and I saw my dad. He is out of the hospital now and he's recovering. And for some reason, emotionally, it was harder to see him at home than in the hospital. Like I found myself bursting into tears a lot more. And I was like, Mm. why is that happening now? I think it's just because at the hospital, even though everything was more fraught it's like you're in hospital mode and you can't really break down as much there's just more like room to break down um but like the second I saw him and he said hi Allie uh you know he sounded much more like himself so that was reassuring um but I did like burst into tears like 600 times like my eyes Uh. were puffy the next day um but overall you know it was good uh but but overall overall like it's just, it's a hard time. Um, and I did, I was a guest on a couple podcasts. Um, and that was fun. And then, uh, Owen is now back in school and he's going in the morning. So he and Elliot are going in the morning and it's crazy because for the longest time, Daniel and I have, we trade off in the morning who watches the kids. So Elliot is now in school in the morning, but for the longest time we would trade off who watches the kids in the morning till our babysitter gets here. Um, And now that Elliot's in school, we like trade off who watches Owen and now they both go in the morning. And I realized like, oh, that's for the rest of our lives, pretty much the end of that. Yeah. It's the end. I didn't even, it just happened without me even being aware. I mean, it, it you know, when they're out of school, we'll, we'll go back to that. But like, it just happened without me being aware of it. Like, it's the end of whose morning is it? That's so strange. Yeah. It's really like a rite of passage that just happened without me being aware. It's so nuts to me. Um, so, uh, yeah. But it's like it's pretty fun because now I, uh, I get them ready together in the morning, and I don't know. It's pretty cute. So yeah, decent week. It's like when suddenly there wasn't a preschool bill. Like that was, <laughs> oh, we don't have to pay that this month. Oh, thank thank God. It, you know, there's a weird thing, but yeah, I I always think of parenting as like when when the, the kid is first born, ninety percent of your life is gone. And you have ten percent mm-hmm. of your life that you used to have, but then just right. slowly, slow, and like now I have like fifty percent of my life back. 
right? There's right. this like you slowly. There's there's never a regression unless I don't know your kid becomes a wacko, you know, at nineteen and is like terrorizing your home and you know whatever. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you just keep getting more and more. It's like you start yeah. off at the. I think we worst. got it. We got a chunk back. Yeah, you got a big payment for for your fine right. work, Allison. <laughs> yes now are you a better person than you were last week in a tiny way I think I am um because I have I really try to exercise almost every day for like I'd say the last 10 years or so I really have tried to be diligent about it and every now and again I just stop and I always am so surprised by how easy it is to stop (laughs) and just like it's just so easy and so since I had COVID which now was a couple months ago I've been really haphazard with exercising and it's not because I have long COVID or anything because I don't have long COVID it's just like I got out of the habit and I have been like it's so nice to just not spend an hour a day doing that I'd rather nap Um, but this week I've really been trying to push myself to get back into it. And I do feel better when I do it. And I don't know if it's physically, I feel better or just like emotionally, it makes me feel better about myself. I don't know. But I do think part of the reason that I'm giving myself a better rating this week is like, I just feel like I'm more on top of my stuff when I do it. So I'm a better person because I'm making myself do something that I think I should do. Awesome. I love it. I love it. That's great. And Todd, how was your week on a scale of one being very bad and five being as good as I would feel if we all agreed I should be queen? Mm. The day of your coronation. That's right. Uh, I'm going to give it a 1.5. Oh my gosh, that's very bad. I know. Yeah, because I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but no point of it because it's not that interesting. My air conditioning in my house leaked, and I didn't know. And it started leaking into my floor, which I did not know. And then the floor Mm. started bubbling up because of the water Mm. damage. It all sounds bad, yeah. Yes. So finally, I and I, uh, Allison Rosen gave me some advice last week off air and said, Mm, "Why don't you queen like a queen would a boss queen?" I was consorting with her and she <laughs> lit a d- decree and said why don't you call your homeowner's insurance and i was like oh okay and then they sent out the guy who measures the water and is like your whole floor is soaked and then that guy comes back with these massive things that um you know suck up all the uh the dehumidifiers like massive ones now what sucks about that is those counter your air conditioning in your house. So it's hot out, and the air conditioner's like, mm. nope. It's like stealing the ball from you. It's like if I tried to shoot it and like shack, it's like, nope, and just like taking the ball. <laughs> oh. That's what's happening. So the house is hot, and then the next day the guy comes over and goes, you know what? You know what this place needs? seven, Literally 17 fans blowing through the house to dry everything up. So it's like... You know, when they have like a hurricane in Florida or something, and then the, the crew has to come in and clean it all out. So I got that coming. Uh, then on Monday, they have to rip out all my flooring. So like my whole house is just turned up upside down. And uh, yeah, and it's hot and it's miserable. And so I've just been dealing with that all week. And it's hard to like just chill in your house when it's like you're walking through. It's like <sighs> of all the fans and. It was too hot for me to do the show here in the studio, so I want to do it in the house, but all the fans are running, so I can't, so now I'm, like, dying, and I'm about to die here. But, so yes, that's why my week was bad. Classic 1.5. Are you a better person? Uh, I think so, because I persevered, much like the Queen of England. Mm. Yes. She was so strong so strong and so uh Mm. i've just been sitting stoically in the heat sweating and uh making it through so i think i think every time you get through the day and you don't have an emotional breakdown or like you know yell at the dog or something i think it's a it's a good thing right you'll come out of this stronger yeah 
So one of our listeners decided to rate their week, and we have a friend who's four years old named Alexander, who is the brother to Natalia, who rated her week last week. Um, He sent one in, so let's hear. Hopefully he didn't have a 1.5 like me. I hope not. My name is Alexander, and I have rate my week of five. And I made new friends. And I'm a better person than last week because I worked extra hard. Love you. Bye. Oh, my God. Isn't that sweet? Oh, my God. That is so sweet. Listen, people. Get your kids to call in and rate their week. When we first said call in and rate your week, we were not thinking it would be exclusively children. And I still say you can be an adult and call in. But I do think I'm going to see if my kids want to rate their week because it's so cute. Get Poopy Doopy on the line. Yeah. Get, get him to wait his week. Wait my week, and then it's also sweet as he ended with "love you." And Natalia said, "Love you." That's so sweet. That is so sweet. And he had a good week. He made friends, and he worked hard. I mean, this kid is really nailing it. Yeah, and you know, it goes to show what what makes a good week: making friends, working hard. I know. I'd like to thank you, Allison Rosen, for being here on the show today I'm sorry if I just was low energy today it's been a tough week and I'm really really hot should we tell them where to call yeah Upworthy Weekly where do they call 323-553-2331 the outgoing, uh, the greeting mentions Allison Rosen is your new best friend, but don't worry, it'll get to the right place. We're still getting this all sorted out. Produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. Have a great week, everybody.